Audio Hub Podcasts. Hello guys and welcome to the Mug and Bucket podcast. So our guest today is the founder and MD of one of the biggest software companies in India. Uh well he is humble man who believes in dedication and persistence. Okay sounds like I gave away the key hint. Guys I'm talking about none other than Dr. Anand Deshpande. Thank you so much for coming on the show sir. Oh thank you very much for inviting me Piyush. Okay and it was so lovely talking to you you know offline it has kind of perked me up and we I'm I'm sure the listeners are also waiting with bated breath to hear your story the untold story I might say Oh I'm looking forward to sharing <laughs> Okay okay so you know we start with a simple question now uh if you see today you know all the founders and everyone when you start a company the most important thing for any founder or founders is the name of the company and you know they spend endless hours into finalizing that now let's go back and let's understand how did the name persistent come up whom did you brainstorm with and how did it all go well uh, yeah i think it's a very important point and i also spent a lot of time thinking about the name um i was looking for one single word that would make it easy to remember rather than combining and cutting and pasting different names so okay. uh, i was working in the database related areas so in the data areas um persistent systems means systems that are persistent which means they remain on the disk okay so if you are uh, doing a database project or a database work persistent systems is a very clear give away that it's a database data related company it's more relatable yeah i mean any anybody who does data related work uh, is trying to keep that data on the disk okay and if you keep the data on the disk then that disk is set to the data is said to be persisted on the disk so that's how this is a okay. technical term okay so if you look for persistent systems you will find data related systems come up all the time okay so when we were looking for a name you know since i was working in database area we thought this was a nice name mm-hmm. which was technical name it gave away the kind of business we were in uh-huh. but also you know as a virtue we want to be persistent you want to be tenacious and all of that yeah. and uh, this made good sense to have that at that time the domain name was not the critical item at that time because okay. the domain name <laughs> registrations for companies okay. was not that common okay but uh, so you know i just had to make sure that i could get a uh, the name registration you know could we could do one name out of the roc okay okay so i mean that's it so you were the only person or did you kind of bounce it off with anyone no we had a few people we talked to uh, some of my colleagues i was still in the us at that time and i made this happen so okay. there were some people you know by and large people were okay about it yeah i mean i don't think there were too many people who resisted it actually okay okay so yeah i mean now that you know we we have all seen you i mean i have seen you since a long time i maybe not a very long time for you because the company itself will complete 30 years coming may uh but you know you've whatever i read about you uh, i've always and there's there's always this you know essence of you being a very studious child so i got some data here uh, so you cleared the entrance for the nda in pune and at the same time molana azad national institute of technology in bhopal then uh, you went to iit kharagpur uh, you started with aerospace science and then you shifted to computer science i mean what was the whole confusion about <laughs> how did you i mean what was going in your mind when no you... see uh, you have to think about it like this okay when i was in i grew up in bhopal okay so i did all my schooling in bhopal mm-hmm. and when i was doing schooling in bhopal bhopal was one of the few boards where 11th standard was a higher secondary ex- 
was the final exam. Okay. Everywhere else, you had 10 plus 2. Okay. So, when I was graduating from Bhopal with my 11th, I applied to all kinds of places because, you know, you never know where you will get in. Engineering and around. So, I applied yeah. for NDA, I applied for all the other exams, all the competitive exams. Everybody else in the group was trying to do that. So, I also did that. So, MACT, which was the college local in Bhopal, was where you got your 12th marks, 11th marks at that time. You got that. And I also got into JE. So, JE was the joint entrance exam yeah. for IIT. Yeah. And clearly, you know, it was always something that I had in my mind to go to an IIT. So, I just followed the path there and I landed up in Kharagpur because my rank was not in the first okay. thousand. So, I was in the second thousand. So, you end up with getting what you get. Okay. So, I got aero engineering in Kharagpur and I took it. And after two years of working in Aero, um, we had a good opportunity that computer science opened up. They okay. opened a new department and mm -hmm. I was able to change from Aero to computer science. Okay. And, uh, you know, that again made a lot of sense at that time because it was a new department, it was a happening area. And Aero in India, even now, it's not the, you know, it's not that easy to get jobs and work in India yeah. at that time. Yeah. And so, even true now. And computers was always a hot thing at that time. Okay, so now when you shifted from aerospace to uh, computer science, so was there a vision? Were you seeing persistent in some or the other form then or it was just very organic that, you know, there's a boom and you just need to shift? Like, no, I wasn't necessarily looking at persistent at that time, but it was very clear that, you know, if you got an opportunity to get into computer science, that was the right thing to do was very clear by then. And I had good grades in the first two years. Okay. Hence, I was able to change. Now... Of course, I had always wanted to do something on my own. That was something even at Kharagpur when I was there. Mm -hmm. uh, if you ask my friends, they will tell you that, you know, in the early 80s, I was always one of those who would who was always interested in doing something on my own. Okay. So that aspiration was there for many years before I started Persistent. Okay. Now, if you look at people and, you know, the, the next generation or the current generation, they're very sorted in their heads, you know, what they want to do and how they want to do it. So, uh, you know, We'll talk about your, um, you know, children. So I guess your daughter Ria uh, and your son Arul, they're currently pursuing the studies in, um, in in the US. But I read somewhere that you don't want them to join the business. And, uh, you know, I am very intrigued. I was very intrigued, you know, because you have a million dollar company. It is very famous. People know you. And, you know, that's kind of a throne ready for someone to kind of carry forward. What made you or rather your wife take come to this collective conclusion that they shouldn't be joining the business? And what was reaction of your children on this? It's not like we are trying to tell them not to join the business. But I think there are so many nice opportunities right now that I don't think they should be forced to join the business. Okay. Now, if you look at our daughter right now, she's studying biology and uh, she's doing a PhD right now. Mm -hmm. in synthetic biology. It's a very cool and upcoming area right now. Yeah. So if I were her, you know, do I want to join Persistent just because, you know, my dad started it? Yeah. I'm not so sure that's such a great idea, right? So uh -huh. it's not about uh, my deciding or any of those things. It's just that what we want to be very clear is that kids should have their own choice in terms of what they want to do. And they don't have to come and join Persistent just because their dad started it. Yeah. The fact that they can do something on their own, which could be, you know, more exciting, more unique to them, which sort of gives them their stamp and their brand, I think is what they should be looking at. And that's how we see it. So we are not telling them don't come. We are just telling them that they should do what they want to do. And not coming to Persistent is a very good option for them if that's what they would like to do. Okay, but if they join, you're happy with that, right? 
Yeah, I'm, I'm not going to be unhappy about it. But I think, you know, from their point of view, I'm not necessarily convinced that this is necessarily the best place for them to go at this moment. Okay. Because they can do so much better if they started the fresh slate and built out their own businesses. Okay, okay. Now, since we are talking about your, um, you know, children, so let us know who among the two has inherited what from you. So I'll name something, I'll name a characteristics and you have to tell who has inherited that from you. Intelligence. <laughs> <laughs> no, actually, both of them are or you have quite to be smart. Specific. You know, um, meaning I, I think they have very different kinds of intelligence. Okay. So I think uh, our son is very street, street smart and mm-hmm. he's kind of worldly wise. Our, our daughter is a better organized person. So she tends okay. to do well on the, she does better on the academics than our son does. Okay. Your looks. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> um, my wife's prettier than me, so <laughs> I don't know what to say. Okay. Bad habits. Actually, uh, my daughter is very similar to us. So we are both a uh, bit sloppy and uh, slobs in some sense. So <laughs> okay. all the mess at home is because of me. And then uh, my daughter tends to be like that. Our okay. son is very well organized, actually, in terms of his his room and all. It's all well, okay. It's okay. All well set. Okay. And your zeal and passion? I think our daughter is more uh, more intense on some of these things at this moment. Our son, I think, is still trying to figure out. <laughs> okay. But now, you know, let's go back to when it all started. Uh, because I read somewhere that, you know, back in 1990s, checking emails via modem was costlier than traveling to Mumbai. And then, you know, the, the next question which came up to my mind was, how did you stay afloat? See, uh, um, just to give you a little bit of context, right? So when I started the business in 1990, uh, the telecom revolution had not really started. Okay. So what was happening is that if you made a phone call, we had this thing called pulse rates. So every three minutes, you would get one phone call. If you made in India, local local call was three minutes or five minutes or whatever. And then every so often, you had to pay one unit for depending on where you called. Okay. And a US call was almost one second um, thing. So it would cost like 100 rupees a, a minute to make a US call. Mm-hmm. Mumbai was like 40 rupees or 30 oh. rupees a minute. So it was okay. very expensive to make phone calls. So if you did a modem and you ran the modem for 10, 15, 20 minutes, that would be quite expensive. Yeah. On the other hand, I used to take Deccan Queen to Mumbai. That was the only way to go to Mumbai at that time. Mm-hmm. And if you bought a second class pass for a month, mm-hmm. it was 168 rupees for a whole month of oh. second class pass. That's that's relatively cheap. So you can cheaper. go to Mumbai every day. Okay. With that uh, okay. second class pass. So, so, but you know, on a lighter note, I guess traveling to Mumbai was much better and in terms of staying afloat rather than doing no, a modern... it was not a very nice ride to go to Mumbai because there was very few trains. Uh-huh. And if you did not have reservation, and if you're going very frequently, you had to travel with a pass in Deccan Queen. Okay. And there were pass holder coaches. So okay. you, it was not a very fun ride to go to okay. Mumbai at that time. Okay. But, uh, you know, life in the early years is always difficult for companies. You have to be willing to fight your way through because there are always things that you think should work which always go wrong. So okay. this is not a very <laughs> unusual thing. I think everyone goes through their own set of challenges and we had our set as well. Okay. okay. Now, since you spoke about challenges, you know, I would like to kind of segue into your personal life again. Sure. Uh, in 1990 was the time, I guess, when you started Persistent Systems and also was the time when you got married. Yes. Okay. So, uh, I guess, correct me if I'm wrong, you only knew your wife for six weeks before you got married. Like, it was an arranged marriage. Yes. And, uh, you know, you must have seen your share of challenges back then when you started, like we just discussed offline before coming here. So, what did, 
and how did you kind of keep your love and spark alive and how did you know she is the one <laughs> you so have to kind I of flesh it out well you yeah. know the arranged marriage concept right <laughs> so the arranged marriage concept is that you know your parents kind of set set up a date like a date set up by parents you are supposed to meet and she yeah. was the first one i met and so I she's fa- the first one yes and okay. i found that she was good and i said yes to her Okay, <laughs> that was it. It's simple. And we got engaged in three days after that, and we got married in six weeks. Oh, <laughs> so that's how it happened. So, and we've what? been married for twenty nine years. But you know, that's what I mean. That's what I want to understand. You know, when we are passing through the uh, instances, we kind of tend to look for something. So, was there anything which you saw in her, and you were like, "Nah, he's ahe. She's the one." How did you make up your mind? Because you know, marrying. is a big thing in india still is today no it's a she my wife you have to meet her actually and i was trying I to love get to. her to come but she's refused you call her sometimes yeah. she does very interesting things okay no she she's a very energetic uh, very enthusiastic and a kind of a full of energy type of a person and when you meet her it was like yeah many yeah. I, i love her i think she's really the one i want to marry okay so okay. She, love at she first sight that, we might say yeah you can say that she okay. had she had a spark to herself okay and um, yeah meaning just made sense <laughs> okay now i'm i'm going into a bit cheesier things now so Go what happens it. is uh, so there's this get away for men specifically when the women when the wife calls is like yaar yeah, i'm in the meeting so you know that's a kind of stereotypical line for me i'm sure there must have been a lot of instances like that with you so what is your you know get away line when she calls or maybe she is you know kind of trying to message and have you got busted <laughs> no not really actually she doesn't call me that much okay so <laughs> she has understood yeah no so we have yeah we have a pretty good uh, understanding amongst us yeah. she's been part of the business from the day one in a sense that we got married and the business started at the same time so she knows persistent from the very beginning and she has been a very supportive wife okay meaning okay. she's uh, she's been very um, supportive in everything that i have done yeah. so um, and she doesn't really uh, she understands what i'm supposed to do and what i do and i'm 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 very truthful in some sense okay. so i don't just i don't waste too much time in doing just totally random things so if i'm going on hanging out with friends and she know i tell her, tell her that and then it's not it's not really a big issue yeah, for us yeah, we have, yeah. we have good faith in each other okay <laughs> okay so, so the, the busted path like never happened no we are <laughs> she knows what i'm doing and uh, you know okay. she's fully aware of it she knows all my friends as well that's lovely that's lovely and uh, you know she can call them directly if she wants okay. and she does and it's not okay she's part of the friends group now so okay so now a, the, the next question might land you into trouble it's about your wife yeah, since you that. said you've quoted air quote uh, that you've love her so now let's see how well you know your wife what is her favorite beverage <laughs> so see actually she likes coffee more than tea okay We don't do much drinking. Okay. So I I don't drink at all. Okay. Okay. And she likes once in a while to have a cocktail. Okay. And there our goal, at least her goal at this moment, and this is more recent than otherwise, but her goal is to find a new one every time we go to a place. So something that we have not heard of. Okay. She'd okay. be willing to more <laughs> try it than I do. Okay. Her favorite snack? Fried stuff. Um. Any specific? So, Yeah, many things like badada vada and oh, all these kinds oh, of things yeah. are all our favorite stuff. Okay, her favorite restaurant? Oh, we have lots of them, but you know, off late, like what is her preferred choice for a restaurant? So traditionally, for the last several years, we have liked Malacca Spice quite a bit. Oh, it's my favorite but, as well. But uh, we uh, we like uh, lots of different kinds of food, so we don't usually go to the same place again. So we we 
kind of go around anything yeah. that we have not tried before. So have you tried this to. Oriental Connections in in E Square? It's at the you know long back, floor. not very recently. So for the Oriental, of course, I mean it's very nice, very pleasant. parking is good. Absolutely, you have a valet there, so okay, <laughs> that's I'll the that's that. the main question I ask my wife before I yeah, leave. Yeah, that is anything. a big problem, right? Yeah, now. big problem. The most recent one we went to now we live on Pravat Road, so okay. we went to the Irani Cafe recently. It was quite ah, interesting. Okay, okay. Then there's olive, wheat, and grape is again another one that has opened up very close to where we are. Okay, okay. We we like some restaurants where we where you know the service is good, people are nice. Yeah, you can spend your leisure time. Yeah, so there's curry on the roof very close to our place. We like that. We okay. like the fish curry rice. And finally, her favorite movie. <laughs> she likes these old movies. But you any know, specific you remember? No, I. So we saw Parichay yesterday, which was one of her favorites. Okay. So she likes these seventies movies a lot. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So now again, we are kind of again segueing into uh, your work. Okay. So in two thousand eight, there was a big recession. and since we spoke about your children and your wife specifically because you mentioned that she played a very important role in this so how did you cope up with that because you know even today uh, there's there's a uh, shiver down the spine when people think of that time because that was one of the uh, well known and spoken about uh, recession india had so how did persistent kind of come out of it so the recession was much stronger in the financial community not so much in the in the tech community so it was a little bit of an issue but it was not that bad okay so one of the things that one of my friends told me is that when you have a downtime right when you are working with customers and all of a sudden they start to freeze because you're having a downtime the key is that you should go and hug them basically oh if somebody is going to die right meaning the companies my customers they're going to disappear because the market is harsh to them and hence they're going to be bad to us the individuals will land up somewhere else anyway Okay. If you abandon a sinking ship because okay they are not doing well, so you run away, then yeah. it's not going to help you too much. Right, so right. on the other hand, if you sort of be nice to them and work work with them through their pain, then wherever they land up, however they land up, they are your faithful customers for many years after that. Yeah. So what I actually did during two thousand eight two thousand nine was I met hundred and fifty CEOs of customers of okay. ours. Okay. Oh. So I did a lot of traveling during that period. Mm-hmm. It was kind of easy to get appointments because people had time. Okay. And I went and met 150 CEOs, and I really learned how CEOs think differently from non-CEOs. <laughs> okay. Okay. So yeah, I mean, uh, I I read one article and uh, it really intrigued me because you know that kind it was more relatable. So it said that you know there was a turning point in uh, in your in your life when you understood that it is it is not your company, it is our company. and uh, by our i understand that you meant the people so you know when i started when i started you know i know my biggest asset is my people so uh, so you know can you emphasize the importance of that nitty gritty because it it's very important for people to know you know the first thing that people talk about today is funding which is very unfortunate you know they uh, they don't talk about anything else but funding you know we have an idea let's go for funding and you know such things because it was very relatable to me i wanted to get that out for the listeners correct so this was something that i would say happened uh, more in the mid 90s 7 8 years into the business and till then you know we were all run we didn't i didn't think about this as an issue hmm. but uh, we had an offside and people started asking you know so okay what is in it for me right hmm. so we are all in the company everyone is there and how how is it that you are you know this fine this is what you want to do but we have certain aspirations and other things as well yeah. and how are you going to cater to that 
So that's sort of when, you know, it dawned on me as such that the company is different from an individual. Okay. And me as an individual, meaning Anand as an individual versus persistent as a company are two different things and they yeah. should be kept and managed separately. Mm-hmm. So in my job as the CEO of the company at that time, my job was to say, okay, as the CEO, I should run that business as long as I'm the best CEO for that job. Okay. And uh, it had more to do with the fact that I'm running, I might have my own personal aspirations and other dreams and whatever mm. else I want to do mm. for myself. Mm. But if I'm doing this particular job of the CEO of the company, then I have to do what is right for the company and not right. necessarily right for me. So there were certain decisions that I had to make in terms of my my liking and what I wanted to do. For example, at that point, I really moved full on into sales and mainly focused on sales. So I, I was writing code till then all the time. And okay. then I sort of moved to saying that, okay, instead of me writing code because other people could write code, I was better into the sales side of the business. So I moved very, um, you know, full on into sales after that. And I really enjoyed it. I think sales is the best profession and everybody yeah. should think about sales as a yeah. profession. I, I think of myself as a salesman all the time. So yeah. I, I, I'm happy I made that transition, but it was an important transition at that point for me. Okay. So your message to the listeners, to the budding entrepreneurs would be to, you know, uh, you know, think about people around you, you know, make your team and then maybe, you know, go to the next step. Is that what you mean, right? Yeah. So that's one part of it. But what I was trying to say is that in a, as an individual, right, if okay. you are working in a business or you're doing something, you may have your own personal aspirations and ideas. And the company has something that is right for the company. But when you work for the company, your job is to ensure that you're doing what is right for the company Company. and not just what is right for yourselves. So that is one part of what what I mentioned. And as part of this, of course, there is a team and everybody in the team needs to be part of it. And all members of the team are part of the company. So the company belongs to the team and not to individuals. Okay. That's well said. I mean, you know, listeners would like to, you know, harp on these advices given by you. So since we are talking about people, uh, we have a light question here coming up, which is, you know, like you rightly said, you know, businesses, people. uh, So help us name a person each for the following characteristics. Okay, so I'll give you a characteristics and you have a name, you have to name a person. So one you can count on the most. See, I run a 10,000 people business, okay? <laughs> so, so it's not like one person your... I, of course, of course. I trust or do this kind of work. It's a whole set of team that okay. I So I, I count on. that as 10,000. You count on all Yeah, 10, absolutely. 000. Meaning, uh, see, when you run a small business, like you can always identify three people that yeah. you can say, okay, they are yeah. the ones who don't count on it. Yeah. We run a complex organization yeah. right now yeah. and it's not possible to name any individual. Okay. So one who can make you laugh the hardest. There's a friend of mine called Hebbar, Raghuram Hebbar. Okay. So he's my good buddy and he, you know, if you okay. hang out with him, it's kind of funny. There's another guy called Borkar who is another okay. funny guy. We okay. The to... one who can have a desert with you at the middle of the night. <laughs> <laughs> That's my son actually. <laughs> okay. Okay. Your fitness buddy? So I have a, uh, so I have a guy called Santosh who is my coach. Ah, so he's okay. my personal trainer. So he comes in the morning and he makes sure I get out of my house. Okay. <laughs> okay. And lastly, your partner in crime. 
my wife is my okay. biggest partner in all these things, everything okay. i do right okay so uh, you know that was very well answered in fact you know a lot of people would like to know your thoughts behind this so now we come to you know you, when when we spoke before coming here you you spoke about a lot of other ventures few which i know was deyasra and second orbit so would you like to kind of flesh it out for the listeners that what are you working on apart from being uh, you know the founding member for for persistent systems yeah so uh, let me explain a little bit about what i've been doing with deyasra Mm-hmm. So I've been telling people that you know you have to do this sort of learn, earn, and return kind of a context. Okay. So you know once you get past fifty, you have to think about what are you giving back to the society. And when I when I was at that situation, I said you know life's been good for me. I've learned a lot from persistent financially. Also things have been good. So now what should I do? Which would be my legacy? And the idea was to look up other f- people who have done this similar stuff. So I looked at what say Bill Gates has done, and he has the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, and you have. Susan and Michael and Susan Dell Foundation and all yeah. these guys have their own foundation. So we started our own foundation, and we could have called it Desh Pandey, but we, there's another <laughs> Desh Pandey Foundation that is already doing okay. very well in Hubri. So this is by Desh Desh Pandey. So we had to pick a different name. So here again we had to pick a new name. So Deyasra was the name that we picked. Okay. So D is for Desh Pandey, ah. and A S R E are the initials of the family members: Anand, Sonali, Riya, and Arul. Oh, okay. so it's a family foundation. So ah. it's a family foundation. Mm-hmm. and when you look at a family foundation you have slightly different constraints you don't have to answer to anybody but the family about what you are trying to do mm-hmm. so you can pick a bigger hairier problem to solve mm-hmm. so from sitting from where i am so if i were to look at a problem that's going to last for the next 25 years mm-hmm. you know one that's going to really keep me motivated going for a long time so i felt jobs and job creation is a big issue right now okay and i really believe that you know we have a demographic dividend if people at that age group are working Uh-huh. If people don't work, there is no demographic dividend, mm-hmm. and I think it is impossible to find work for people by saying that you do jobs in those jobs. So you really have to have a way where people become job creators. Okay. So the whole motivation of what I'm trying to do with the Asra Foundation is to help individuals become job creators to the extent possible. Mm-hmm. And we are focused right now on the urban services segment, which I think is the uh-huh. fastest growing job opportunity in some sense. and if you look at the urban services segment with its food counters uh, beauty salons tailoring business all of these kinds of businesses they run into all kinds of issues which can be very easily sorted out if they know what to do about it so okay. what we have said is that in a pune city like pune there will be thousands of food counters why should everybody start off you know defining their own business mm-hmm. can they not share something from other people so that's what we have done okay. so we have templated in great detail you know different kinds of businesses at scale so we have 70 different businesses we have templated mm-hmm. and we are at about 55000 businesses supported oh and we are growing at 5000 a month that's huge yeah so this yeah. is a big big initiative so our and each of these businesses create between 3 to 5 jobs so how should one approach if someone wants to you know approach so go them? online so www.deyasra.in mm-hmm. you go online and we have all kinds of things there many of the things are uh, you know free with simple downloads and if you need help where some individual is required we have an ecosystem of providers okay. who would provide those kinds of help so the kind of help we provide is uh, how do you get funding say bank loans and other things or mm-hmm. how do you know what compliance requirements you have or how do you get market access mm-hmm. customers mm-hmm. so all of those things we have templated and made that available okay okay and few of our other ventures which the which second you... orbit that i mentioned is a slightly different one so this i have been working with another friend and colleague a guy called Ashok Korwar okay 
Mm-hmm. And what we have been working on is to help small businesses who run into a glass ceiling at a certain point. So typically in a tech business, a 10 crore business tends to sort of where the founder is running it, but he tends to max out. So how do you get a 10 crore business to become 50 crores? So what you need to do well in the first orbit actually doesn't work very well in the second, second orbit. orbit. Oh, that's so you got to do something name. different in okay. the second orbit. Okay. So what is it that you should change from first orbit to second orbit? And that's what we are focusing on. Okay. There, then we are running these Smart India hackathons. So we are doing lots of different kinds okay. of hackathons okay. all over India. Okay. Then, uh, you know, there are many activities many that I'm involved in yeah. at the but moment. These are the main cores which... Uh, yeah, beyond persistent, these two are the big ones that I'm working a lot on. Okay, okay. So that's very commendable. And, you know, your journey has been, uh, you know, to look up to. So, but, you know, there is there is an aspect of parents. You know, we talk about our wives, we talk about our children's, but there is something that we learn from our parents. Uh, so I want to understand that one thing, that one memory, uh, which, you know, that's kind of stands out or there are teachings which have stayed with you till date? No, absolutely. From uh, when we were growing up, you know, we our parents were very, sort of very um, disciplined in terms of what they expected from us. So we were uh, always, you know, the homeworks have to happen on time and, you know, there's a certain expectation that was there, was predominantly driven by academics, but that was clearly the objective at that time. But there was a sense of discipline that came in out of that. So, you know, you have to do your things on time and, there are no choices and everyone needs to follow the the, the basic requirements, mm-hmm. whether it's food, everything. It's very, We had a very disciplined life early on because, you know, we were not on, there was no TV and any of those kinds of yeah, things. No distractions. No distractions. <laughs> and actually more, uh, when we started Persistent, my father joined the company. So he worked very closely with us as part of Persistent till he turned 75. Okay. So that was till about six, seven years back. So, you oh. know... For, Till to 2010 for almost 25 years he was very much part of the company okay working full time okay so any any specific teachings or maybe any characteristics which you think has stayed with you from oh yeah so he's extremely persistent and intense actually okay, so you that's meet the him, name uh, the you will see see that he is very intense in everything he does okay and you know it's kind of hard to keep pace with him but he's uh, you know we learned a lot from how how you need to move things and keep things moving Okay. Okay. Now you see, we are in a golden age. You know, there are apps coming in yes. by like you know buckets. So if you were to be an app any day, which app would you be and why? <laughs> so I don't know about being an app, but I'll tell so you where the action is. Okay? If you no, are... so I'll tell you where the action is. Okay, I think a lot is going to happen in biology right now. Okay. So I think I would be a bio app. Ah. Okay. okay. And I think the apps, uh, as we see it, are going to change dramatically. Okay. So I think, uh, you know, the way um, this whole genomics and omics and all these things, I think I would, I can imagine being being an app and which is going to define the next You want to catch the next wave. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I think that's where the action is okay. going to be. Okay, okay. So, uh, you know, before we go to our mug and bucket, uh, you know, there's, there's a lot of workload, you know, running a complex organization, like you said, it's not easy. How does Mr. Anand Deshpande unwind? You know, what's his way of, you know, like relaxing? I sleep. <laughs> <laughs> Apart from sleeping? No, but, no, I like reading a book. I like reading quite a bit. I I, I watch sports all the time. So I track mm-hmm. all kinds of sports actually. Mm-hmm. And I watch TV. When I'm watching TV, I watch typically news or sports a lot. Okay. And then I read uh, I read quite a bit. I have I like collecting books also. I buy a lot of books and I read them. Okay. Okay. And now, one of these days I'll write one. 
Oh so, wow! So we yeah. are we are waiting for that then. Yes, yeah. I will come back to your show <laughs> so, to promote yeah. that book. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll be honored too. So now, see, see, like I said, you know, there was this instance when my friend, uh, I was telling it to you, my friend Deep Banerjee. Uh, so he told me that one day he, he was in persistent, I guess, around 2010-11, if I'm not wrong. So he was in the mess in the canteen to get his food. And he he very vividly painted that picture, you know, you were standing right behind him. I was like, for what? So he said, he was there in the line for the food. So I'm like, are you kidding me? So he said, no, he was there. I was like, okay. So and you know, then I, that was a time I started reading about you. And you know, that's how we all know that you lead a very simple life. So now we'll, we'll ask you a few questions. So what I'll do is I'll say a few things and you have to tell us your preferences. Uh, books or music? I prefer books. Uh, recommend a title, any title which you feel is worth a read. Oh, there are lots of them. But since you are in this business of helping entrepreneurs and businessmen, I think everybody should read this Ram Charan book okay. called What Every CEO Wants You to Know. Yeah, It's a really nice book that explains people about turns. Okay. How to turn cash. And that's, I think, everybody in the business world should read that book. Okay. Uh, laundry or dishes, worst chore? I prefer doing dishes to laundry. <laughs> so, yeah, okay. I, laundry is not my favorite. <laughs> okay. Couch or recliner, your way to relax? I prefer the bed, <laughs> but uh, okay. I can do the couch. Uh, shoes or chappal while going out? Shoes always, never chappal. Uh, okay, this is a bit personal. Liril or Lux bathing preference? Between the two, I prefer Lyril. <laughs> <laughs> Thank God you did not say Lux. <laughs> okay. So, lastly, before we go to the mug and bucket, what would you be in parallel universe if you had not started Persistent Systems? I would have been a professor. Okay. So, now tell us, you know, you have seen the journeys, you have seen the ups and downs and, you know, what was your mug and bucket moment when, you know, you kind of, what I say, chemical locha happened and you were like, no, I have to do this. And things changed dramatically, drastically after that moment. See, there are lots of them, actually. You know, life is not continuous. It's a, it's a collection of discontinuities. So every okay. discontinuity has a moment. It says, wow, now I can move to the next orbit in some sense. So if I tell you the first one that I would say, okay, this is when I felt like Persistent was going to survive, was when we won, won a contract from Microsoft. And we delivered it. So when we delivered that thing, we said, okay, fine, now that we are there, we have arrived. Okay. So that would be one example of something like that. Okay. So so that that's when you thought that, you know, now we can make it big. Uh, well, it's one step at a time. But yes, okay. at that point, we knew that we were, going to, we were going to make it. So that's kind of your mug and bucket moment. Yes, for the persistent context, absolutely. That would be the one yeah. that I would okay. say. I'll give you another context yeah. in that, just to keep, you, uh, keep that going. See, uh, when we got this first project from Microsoft. Microsoft was also a fairly big company by then. Yeah. Okay. And we were a very small 10 people company in Pune and it's like, okay. this was my third customer. So the learning moment that I got from there was, was that, you know, there is no company that is very large that you cannot approach for work. Mm -hmm. right? A lot of times we were thinking, oh, why would they want to work with us? We are such a small company. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, if you, if you're the right place at the right time and you have the right story, yeah. you know, people you can buy. get work from, from yeah. anybody. Yeah. And that was something very useful. That's like your story as well. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah. You found some work from companies where yeah. uh, you were able to swing a whole bunch of things from your aviation company that you yeah. talk about. Yeah. yeah. All because, you know, you were there and you did not give up. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, you know, this is the last question for today. And, you know, the section is called Maybe Prime Minister. So you have to tell one thing which you would like to change in this country, apart from what you're doing. 
No, so one thing that as a prime minister, uh, see, one thing I think the prime minister needs to do is to focus on jobs, actually. Okay. I think if people in the country have reasonable working jobs, right? People have work to do. Everything else they can pay for. Okay. Okay. So, I think the government needs to focus on creating jobs for people or helping people become self-employed in some. So form you would do that if you yes. were chosen. Uh, yes, absolutely. PM. That would be my okay. priority number one. Okay. Okay. And of course, you know the other things are all will fall in. Yes, you need healthcare. You need. Cleanliness, you need support, all this. But you know, if you have money to pay for it, you can. Okay. It's much easier to get these things to happen. Yeah. So that's a nice thought, sir, and that's a good place to end this. Thank you so much for coming sure. on the show, and until next time, listeners, love you all. Keep listening. Bye. Thank you, Piyush. Thanks.